1: This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 44. Young
2: photographers that ask me, you know, Corey, like, what's the path to doing this? And so often they want to talk about their business plan and their website. And and I, I always come back to this, no, like here's the, the secret sauce is go out every single day and shoot, like put yourself in that situation as often as possible. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys.
1: Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back everyone to The Art of Awesome. I am your host Nick Troutman and today is another Monday so we have just another phenomenal interview today. Honestly this is one of my most favorite interviews with a longtime friend of mine, a very successful businessman, entrepreneur and photographer Corey Rich. Corey has shot with just a ton of the major brands out there and arguably all of the biggest names in adventure sports athletes. Again, just a phenomenal photographer, content creator, and storyteller. And if photography is something that you guys are interested in, you are definitely going to want to stay tuned for this interview as Corey really just lays out an entire blueprint of what you need to do to become uh, a professional photographer, storyteller, and content creator in this day and age. But also, he goes deeper than just that. But also he goes beyond that and he really just tells us how we can live our passion and get paid to do what we love to do and wake up every day feeling like you need to pinch yourself because you're living the dream. Again, this is just a phenomenal interview and let's just go ahead and jump right into it. But before we do so, I want to say if you guys haven't pressed subscribe yet, please go ahead and press subscribe so you guys stay up to date and in tune when the latest episodes of the podcast go live uh, as we just want to share that out with you guys and make sure you guys aren't missing any of these golden nuggets. Now let's go ahead and jump right into it with Corey Rich. Well, first off, Corey, thank you so very much for joining us here on The Art of Awesome. Uh, we've known each other for, I don't even know if it's been decades now, I feel like, the, the the first time I was on a shoot with you, and yeah, just stoked to have you here on the show.
2: Yeah, well, thanks a bunch. That Yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how time passes, but um, gosh, we've both gotten older and uh, wiser, hopefully.
1: Well... <laughs> Uh, arguable about whether or not I'm wise or not, but definitely older, which is good. Um, But Corey, you're arguably one of the, you know, in in my world anyway, one of the most accomplished photographers uh, that I know. You've shot for pretty much, you know, a a flurry of the largest brand names out there and pretty much all of the the biggest athletes and definitely all the biggest uh, adventure athletes out there in the world though, how did it kind of start for you? How did you kind of get into photography? Was it something with a childhood or, or kind of just take us a little bit back to how it all started?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks. Thanks for the kind words. I mean, I, I pinch myself every day. I kind of wake up every day in fear that someone's going to figure out that I haven't worked a day in my life yet. Uh, <laughs> because I just absolutely love what I do. And I, and I genuinely mean that I feel like, 99.9% of the time I get up and I'm excited to get out of bed and, and start wor- you know, quote unquote, in quotes working. Uh, but gosh, it just doesn't feel like work. Um, and I think, you know, I, I hope the, the reason I say that is I think that's all of us. That's what we strive to do, right. Is figure out yep. what just gets us freaking fired up all the time and, and do that as often as possible. And if you can somehow manage, trick people into paying you to do that um, then you then you've really nailed it and so you know but my journey my journey started when I was pretty young I was 13 years old and I was a, a gymnast I was a pretty competitive gymnast and we had a pull-up contest at our junior high school and I did 35 pull-ups I won the pull-up contest and uh, one of my PE teachers invited me to go climb and he took notice of the short strong kid And uh, that next weekend I went climbing, my older brother and I went with two teachers from our school, Bob Porter and George Egbert. And that was the most transformative weekend of my life. I fell in love with everything about climbing. I loved the sort of physical challenge, the mental challenge, um, just the scenic beauty of where we were. But I, I didn't realize it, not only had I fallen in love with climbing, I got back to the schoolyard on Monday morning and I stood there and I tried to tell my story of weekend adventures to my friends. And I quickly realized that I needed visual proof of like what I had just done. And so I borrowed my dad's SLR camera and that next weekend went climbing with my brother and my two school teachers. And, and I realized that my photos were awful. You know, my dad had a pretty <laughs> nice camera, but my photos were awful. And within you know a week, literally like from a Saturday to a Saturday, two passions were born, a passion for both climbing uh, and a passion for photography or storytelling. And then I I started these kind of lifelong pursuits at 13, which was I tried to hone the craft of photography and I tried to spend as much time outside rock climbing, which really over time that expanded into, it wasn't just rock climbing, it was having adventures, right? It was having adventures and photography, I, 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 I still on my business card, although well, I don't have a business card anymore. It used to say photographer, but now it's storyteller. You know, So much of what I, I realized over the last 30 years, what I actually do is I'm a storyteller. And um, sometimes that's with photography, sometimes that's with video, sometimes it's both, but I still love more than anything sitting around a campfire and weaving a yarn and um, you know, telling an oral story the same way I used to do sitting on that, you know, standing on that playground on monday morning after going on a climbing trip
1: well i I totally agree with everything that you've just said and and most certainly i would say you are a storyteller because your photos that's exactly what they do is they do tell a story um and i've got your book over here stories behind the images uh which again is an amazing book and we're going to talk about that in a second but you kind of started in photography, like you were saying, then you got more into video and stuff like that as well, and just kind of storytelling all, all encompassing. What do you find easier or harder, I guess, between the two different mediums for telling a story between maybe shooting a photo versus creating a video?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I love both. I have to say I go, through, I go through kind of phases where all I want to do is shoot video, And then I sort of, i get a little cooked on video and then all I want to do is shoot photos. Um, You know, there's, there's a simplicity to shooting photos. That's for sure. Uh, You know, I, I think the beauty, one of the original things I fell in love with, one of the attributes of still photography is it's just simple. It's, you can, you can have a single camera and a single lens and you can sort of, it's about that one, one thousandth of a second. It's, You know, it's very nuanced, you have a rectangle, you know, it's either turned horizontally or vertically and you make minute adjustments to the composition and you position yourself so that the light is most interesting and then you decide when you depress that shutter and that's it. Like you have one frame to communicate whatever it is you're trying to communicate to wow your audience, move your audience, make them cry. And, and but it's hard, don't get me wrong. Like it's very easy to take a picture. It's very hard to make a great picture. You know, I always joke that in my career, I haven't shot that many great pictures. You know, I've I've shot millions of photos over my career and there's not that many that are great. A lot of good ones. Like I get hired to make good pictures all the time. Great pictures, those are pretty few and far between. You know, I don't know what the hit ratio is. For every thousand good pictures, you know, maybe there's one great picture. And to make a good picture, you shoot, you know, 10,000 mediocre pictures. So it's, you know, I don't know what that ratio is, like 10,000 shuttered depressions to get, you know, one good picture, or I don't know, I don't know, you you understand where I'm going, 1,000 yeah. good, then another 1,000 to get to great. So, you know, the odds, it's really hard to get to good, but I, that's that pursuit, you know, and I think any athlete can appreciate this, any artist can appreciate that it's it's getting to really great, which is for me, it's actually the most enjoyable aspect. You know, I'm, I always say that I'm a guy that's more about the journey than to arrive. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually like a super competitive guy. It's not for me. You know, I, I guess I would liken it to in sport. It's like, you want to stand on the you know center podium and in photography, you want to nail those great pictures. But I, I have to say, it's like, it's all of the paddle strokes. I'm going to use the analogy you know, of, of water. I just love like Continuously paddling, like I just love the daily process, the procedure of of refining my skill set. You know, it's it's sort of I, I enjoy the journey more than I do arriving. I mean, I feel really good when I make a great picture. When every now and again that happens, it's you know I, inside I do a little fist pump. Um, but but the journey is what it's really about. Like that's what lasts forever, and like the great memories come from the journey. But, you know to, to get back to your question it's video versus still photography one of the things i learned and it was kind of with you actually and dane when we did that project for nikon the the y project where we were all down in mexico
1: yep
2: that was like my first real you know substantial video project and you know i was definitely a fish out of water like we were figuring it out myself and the team you know it's way over our head we were kind of you know just barely hanging on, figuring out how to pull that off, but with a lot of passion and a great group of guys. But what one of the things I learned on that project was the beauty of video is you get to work with the team. It's pretty rarely it's just you with photography, it's just me and the subject. If you and I go on a, an expedition somewhere, it's you know I'm photographing Nick and you know I'm running around the you know either in a boat or I'm like paddling, you know, running along the side of the river. And it's like, it's just an interaction between you and I. And as soon as there's video at a high level, it tends to not be one person. It tends to be, I might be directing or I might be shooting, but then we have another camera operator and we have an assistant, we've got a sound guy. And all of a sudden there's camaraderie, you know, it's, and when you gather a group of really creative people who are passionate and everybody shares that same philosophy, you know, for, to travel hopefully is better than to arrive. You know, there's you're, you're around kindred spirits and you have the memories are richer. Uh, you know, you just have this experience where you're not alone on a train or a bus or a plane or sleeping in your tent alone. You're actually now with a team of people that you get to share this with. And it's, you know, I've always, I think my attraction to outdoor adventure sports is one, I find I'm the most creative when I'm a participant when I'm sort of engaged in the activity and I'm, you know, my heart's beating at 150 beats per second and some sweats in my eye and I'm a little scared because, you know, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm worried about the avalanche danger above or the rock fall. And so, you know, that's like checkbox number one, I need to be a participant. That's when I'm, I'm having like the best experience. And that means I'm, I'm close. I have a close relationship with the athlete that I'm photographing or the athletes. And, I'm in that communication loop. We're together making decisions. Um, but then the next tier is beyond that core, you know, the absolute core group is myself and the athletes that I'm photographing. And that's, you know, I really, I've become a better person because I get to spend time around guys like you that perform at that highest level and think differently. And then that next tier is when, when you, when it's video, it's, it's not just the, the me, myself, the photographer with the athletes. Now it's the athletes and the, the little video community. And it makes for with, when it's the right team, it's kind of the ultimate experience. It's really everyone's pushing themselves. Athletes pushing on the you know, athletic front, filmmaking crew pushing on the creative front, trying to like, think outside of the box. There's camaraderie there's, and just memories that are formed as a group. You know that, and that's uh, early in this conversation. You know, I kind of joke that I, I I can't believe that no one's figured out I haven't worked a day in my life because I think you can relate to this. When it's that scenario, you're surrounded by your buddies. They're, you know, your your paddling buddies, and you're surrounded by a video crew or photographer that, you know, they're your buddies and they're but they're doing world class work. That doesn't feel like work. I mean, that 100%. doesn't feel you know, it feels like we're getting paid to to play and pursue passion and, and just do what we love. That's that we do what's fulfilling. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I video or still photography, if one is um, kind of a, a more valuable or more important to me, or I love one more, I will say, I just go through phases. And right now I'm in like a big video phase. We're doing tons of video production. And, and I have to admit, I get to the point where, you know, the crews get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, we just had 60 people on a set wow. and it was huge, huge. And it's like, you know, and there's enormous amounts of pre-production, you know, spent literally weeks doing pre-production, everything from concepting the creative to storyboards and all the logistics and schedules down to every 15 minutes, what are we going to do? And the logistics of the lighting crew and the sound team and the, the, the team that's going to upload the video so that in real time, remote clients can see it and, and the hair and makeup and the styling and the wardrobe and the talent and the locations. And it's super, it's like a puzzle that you get to put together. And I love that challenge of like, okay, how are we going to make these pieces work? And I'm working with an incredible team. Uh, the, you know, the producer that I worked with Amelia Richmond, she's incredible. But then at the end of that, it's a success. And then I do have this like desire I crave I just wanna go and take some pictures where it's just that <laughs> I throw a camera and two lenses in my backpack. And I go and ski with my buddies who happen to be really good skiers. And it's and it's real simple. We're gonna get up at five in the morning, put on headlamps, start skinning. And when the sun starts coming up, I'm gonna make pictures. And so, you know, I think there's just just this balance that I need the logistical mental challenge of shooting video. You know, and of, of course I'm leaving out. There's also this post-production process. You know, we shot video for four days and now I'm in a massive production and now we're gonna edit that down to 90 seconds, the wow. smartest 90 seconds that we can. And that's gonna take another two months. And so it's, you know, switching gears. That's what I find. It's like I shift from, you know, okay, now I'm in the logistical mani- logistics managerial phase mode. Now switch gears, now I'm a photographer, switch gears. Now I'm a post-production supervisor and editor and I need to think about the narrative and the storyline and the music and and i i love i guess all of that is to say i kind of like shifting gears and kind of putting on a different ball cap depending on you know wh- what that day uh, calls for
1: it's funny because i have a very similar um I, I guess mindset in just paddling in general in the sense that like Some days I really want to go run waterfalls or I want to go on like a major expedition and just go like explore and have an adventure. And then you do that enough and it gets like scary enough or like, you know, there's enough life-threatening situations where you're like, I just want to go do something super chill and just like go play boat at like a whitewater park and like go get a hamburger afterwards or something like that. And then like you just go through these like waves, like ebbs and flows of like what – what you're craving at the moment. And I mean, I can't, I couldn't do any one thing, you know, forever. I've got to kind of just weave in and out of like these different variations. And and again, sometimes too, it's like, I want to get out of my boat and I want to go bike or I want to go ski or surf or do whatever. And so it's funny how you have the same thing, just like within photography and and video creation as well.
2: Yeah. And and hearing you say that also makes me, I mean, I have that same, That same kind of dilemma, internal dilemma or conversation with myself around when it it comes to the subject matter that I'm shooting, you know, my world is really split. You know, my roots are in adventure sports. I mean, that's it's it's, you know, it's, it's definitely how I sharpened my teeth. It's what I'm most passionate about. It's who I am as a person. It's what I do in my free time, whether there's a camera in my hand or not. But then meanwhile, like the way that I make money and pay my mortgage for the most part today is honestly has almost nothing to do with adventure sports. You know, we're working for, as you said, giant brands, you know, the biggest in the world, the Apples, the Googles, the Amazons of the world. And it's still storytelling and it's still super creative. But I in the adventure sports world. I do, I guess, just in the in the subject matter that I'm responsible for photographing or filming I also need that mix that you're describing, you know, I'm super excited to do like a big ad campaign, tell a story about technology or education, but then I also need, I crave a few times a year, I need to go on an expedition where it's super uncomfortable and scary and where, you know, where the outcome is uncertain, you know, that's the true definition of adventure. And, you know, but then mixed in between all of that, you know, there's the expeditions on this end, the big commercial shoots on this side, and then right in the middle, I just need a lot of skinning up the mountain to take a photo at 6.30 a.m. when the light's nice. And then I'm home with my daughter and wife. And then we go skiing or hiking or mountain bike. You know, so it's, I think it is, it's that, it's that like mixologist, the mixology of, of life. Like, what is it that, what's that correct balance? And, you know, that for me, that balance now, at you know, 45 years old, the balance is, I need to do some really creatively challenging, logistically challenging jobs that pay, but are super satisfying. I need to do a few expeditions a year where, you know, whether that's for three days or a month where it's, it's scary as hell. And like, it's uncomfortable and you're cold and wet and the outcome's uncertain. And I'm still shooting photos and video, but I'm probably not making much money. I might even be losing money in the scheme of things. And then right in the middle is it's the it's the day to day. I I just still need to be outside every day with my camera, with my friends or my family, making pictures and video, of just the stuff that I love to do. And as you said, eating a burger afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe a beer or something like that, too. But hamburgers, Yeah. Burgers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've been on just I, I couldn't even like briefly mention all the rad trips and expeditions and adventures that you've been on. And all the different athletes that you've worked with and the camaraderie and stuff like that. Like there's obviously a bond and a connection and a friendship there. Not only that, but like you must be worried for them at some points because like some of the stuff that you're you're documenting um, is is pretty rowdy stuff, like pretty rowdy feats and, and accomplishments within, you know, the extreme or adventure sports athletics on its own. And then... Most of the time as well, you're like, you know, harnessed into some cliff or just like whatever, like where, where your life is kind of on the line as well. How do you kind of balance, I guess, or is there like that fear for both the athlete and for yourself? Like, how does that kind of all, you know, blend together a little bit in creating these moments?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good question. I am, I mean, it's worth saying that, you know, I consider the people that I photograph genuinely, really great friends. I mean, some of my best friends, of course, are the people that I've photographed, you know, some of whom happen to be fantastic athletes. And I, you know, I've always had this rule, like I don't work with assholes. I mean, I really (laughs) sort of life's too short. You know, if someone, if I, if it's grind, and this hasn't happened very often in life that, you know, I find myself in a situation where I'm like, God, I just can't tolerate this person. We're just not seeing on the same wavelength. We're not marching to the same beat. You know, I, I just try to end that. Like I, you know, I want to really. It goes back to the journey. I want to go and have a journey with people that I really enjoy, and we laugh. We laugh at the same jokes, and you know, get scared at the same times, and can have honest conversations about the, the risk. But I, you know, it, it's safe to say that I like. I really love the people that I work with, and I care deeply about them, and they they friends. They're not just colleagues. I mean, they're really they're they're as close to family as it gets. Yeah, And, you know, I yeah, I'm, I'm constantly really having that internal conversation with me and I verbalized it with the, ath- you know, with the athletes I'm photographing when there's real risk involved. I mean, we have a conversation about it up front or, you know, in the moment, you know what this feels like. It's, you know, you're sort of everyone's climbed back into their boats. They've scouted this huge waterfall or drop. And it's like everybody understands whether you've said it or not. Like everybody acknowledges like what the potential risk is and, and you've got at least in the, you know, maybe you've verbalized it. Maybe you haven't. What's the plan? Like the triage plan. If, if the shit hits the fan and everyone's, you know, everyone's sort of buzzing, but you're on that same wavelength. And I'm, you know, I'm the guy, I'm the guy that not, no photograph is worth dying for That's for sure. I mean, right. or even getting hurt. Like I just realized <laughs> I, uh, last week I was skiing with my daughter and, and another family and, just having, I mean, really a mellow day at the ski resort. And I was just goofing around and jump, just did this jump, like aired off some little lip and tried to grab my skis to make all the kids laugh. And I don't know what happened, but I exploded out of my skis and did like a front flip and cartwheeled, and the ski flew off. And, and I just, I don't know what happened, but I, I feel like I broke one of my ribs
1: oh, and no. it's just super
2: sore. And, and I, you know, on one level I was fine. I mean, I didn't, not you know I can still walk and ski and but it, but it hurts. I just woke up you know this morning thinking like oh man my ribs really hurt and that's a that's a huge inconvenience. Like I don't like being hurt. I like being healthy so that I can do this every day, right? I'm I'm just a, a I'm a guy that's about repetition, <laughs> and so you know the the idea of getting hurt or or dying um it, 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 it's just not an option like i yeah. you know, i do everything in my power to avoid that yet you know i say i do everything in my power to avoid that but every now and again we collectively get into these situations where it's like okay the option of going back that's gone like you mm-hmm. can't do that there, there's no other way out except you know this way down the river you know down the mountain and and then it's in the most calculated measured way you know because I'm not a world-class athlete, I'm an athlete. I love being outside and I spend a lot of time that You're a professional athlete. Like you're, you know, you, you, the athletes that I'm photographing, you guys have something magical in you that you can step it up six notches when you need to. And I'm in like survival mode all the time when I'm with you guys, it's sort of, okay, like I, I belong here, I'm safe, but I'm gonna, like, I'm just doing everything in a very calculated way. And I'm gonna use, you know, the river, I'm not a boater, but, I'm not going to drop the same waterfall that you guys do. I'm going to set up a rope and rappel down or I'm going to hike around the side. Yeah. And so it's it's always, I guess it's always measured. Like my goal is do not get hurt. Definitely don't die as it, as it applies to me. And I'm having open conversations with the athletes in the field about how to do that. It's, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to photograph, you drop some huge waterfall, it's like you and I are going to have a ton of conversation around and I'm competent, you know, I'm a I'm gonna be honest. I'm not trying to hide anything. It's like Nick, what do you think? How should I do this? Where should I be? Um, how do I get there? And oftentimes I need the athlete's help to get myself into those positions. You know, there's things I just can't do. You know, in the climbing world, that's certainly the case. You know, when I'm working with you know world-class climber, you know, they just have an ability to get into locations to kind of move the rope into locations that you know, maybe I could do it, but it would take, you know, hours and hours and they can do it in five minutes. And it's like, boom, rope is set. But then it's like, after I'm in position and I feel like I'm not gonna die or get seriously hurt, then there's a conversation both internally, but also, you know, verbally with with the athletes I'm photographing around, you know, they're gonna do what they wanna do. I mean, obviously you're on a mission all the time as a professional athlete. But it's like I always when we get into that zone where like risk is high, I'm the first to just remind them, even though I think everyone knows, don't do anything for me just because there's a camera here. Doesn't yeah. matter. Like, you know, we can come back in a year. We, we don't need to shoot this. It's you know, by no means do you need to do this because I'm you know, there should never be pressure. And I think it's safe to say that I've never put pressure an athlete in in a situation where they're feeling extra pressure because I'm there. I mean, it's something that, sure. We all disappointed when we fly around the world and hike for three days and, you know, wait out the weather. And then eventually like we still can't do it because it's too dangerous or the conditions are wrong. Yeah. It's a huge bummer, but you know, it's safe to say that half the trips that I've ever done end that way and it's fine. And guess what? We're all alive to to talk about it afterwards. So, you know, I, I guess the, the moral is there's just nothing that's ever worth like truly
1: you know dying
2: over or yeah. seriously
1: and and i think that probably just also speaks to the fact that you're working with professionals both the, the fact that you are a professional yourself that you're willing to you know fly across the world hike in 3 days and still not get the shot but also work with professional athletes that aren't going to put their lives you know too far out on the line either Um, Because I've also seen and I see it more, I guess, with younger athletes that as soon as you take a camera out of a bag or something like that and and you go to shoot, whether it's, you know, video or photo or whatever, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to like I'm going to step it up. I'm going to go, you know, run this waterfall or try something harder. And you're like, well, uh, okay, um, we need to now step aside and go have a talk because like that's you're now doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's where. Injuries and things go wrong is when you start doing something because you're trying to like Oh, I'm just gonna do this because I want the photo or the video proof now if we weren't doing that I wouldn't you know put myself in that situation and so Yeah, I mean obviously that's not necessarily something that you deal with that much because I think you're working with these professional athletes But
2: yeah, I mean, and, I mean one thing that happens or has happened over the years and you can relate to this you know, when you get into those radical situations, right, it's that super remote waterfall or that, you know, that cliff out in the middle of nowhere that, where we're going to shoot. There's oftentimes, you know, you spend a lot of time hanging out in camp, at the campfire, planning what's going to happen, both from an athletic perspective, but also from a photographic or storytelling perspective. And there's a ton of dialogue that happens between, I'm just going to keep it simple when I'm a photographer, between me and the athlete or athletes. Should I do it? Is this going to work? And it's, you know, there is a point at which, you know, you I'm going to put you in this category. You, the world just looks different to you than it does to me. I mean, you have this nuanced, deep understanding of paddling that I don't have. And it's, you know, I'm, but I spend a lot of time around rivers and a lot of time around, you know, mountains. And how I, I, and often I'm in this conversation with, with an athlete and it's around, is this worth it? Like, is yeah. is this going to work? Is this and I think I I think it's I owe it to the athlete. And I think the athlete is asking me to give them feedback. You know, it's, it's that kind of 10,000 hour rule. You end up in enough of these kind of remote expedition style scenarios where you can kind of look at what's about to happen and say, like, is this a recipe for disaster or is this going to go down? Is this, Mm -hmm. but, but again, I always, and so I'm oftentimes providing my editorial opinion in the days leading up to it. And then, you know, in the months leading up to the trip and then the weeks leading up to packing our bags. And then when we're there staring up at the rock wall or we're hanging below that pitch, you know, there's this constant dialogue around like, you know, God, is that flake going to peel off? Is there a risk of this cutting our ropes? Is this, is this worth it with the storm coming in? and i'm you know i'm always i've learned to all voice my opinion but but i also understand that there's there's like a, a, you know i'm i'm sort of the expert in the storytelling world and the athlete is the expert in that you have that extra amount of knowledge and insight and you can dig deep and you understand is this worth it like yeah. can i pull this off and, and and i've learned over the years to really always stop short of i'll voice my opinion but then it's like nick man you got to make the final call I'm you know there's no pressure one way or the other yeah and so often you know I watch whether this is whatever this whatever the athletic endeavor when I finally watch it happen it's sort of there's this magic that unfolds where it's sort of you know an athlete has a world-class athlete has this ability to enter you know what many call the flow state and sort of you know despite all the planning and travel and conversation and debate and nuance it's like then flip a switch and switch out of the conversation mode into the get it done mode and perform at the highest level and that's super admirable i love watching that that's when the best pictures get made actually it's when it finally goes silent and it's there's no longer conversation it's like i'm where i'm supposed to be the athletes where they're supposed to be it's it's like the moment to make it happen and dig deep and you know sort of focus and you know that's we spend weeks and weeks to get to that moment for three minutes, two minutes, one minute where athlete enters the flow state, maybe to some degree, I enter a similar state to kind of, you know, really capture that moment. And that's what it's all about. It's about getting into those, you know, really finite time slots, limited, it's limited time and it only happens
1: occasionally,
2: but those are that, you know, that's as special as it gets.
1: It's the flow state. Something that we talk about a fair amount on this yeah. podcast, and something that I'm super interested in. And maybe it's because I've, you know, had my moments in the flow state, and therefore, it just it's a very intriguing subject and and thought of mine. And and just thinking about it, it must be amazing for you because you get to document so much of that. Where where yeah. that's exactly what you're saying. Where all this lead up, all this buildup, goes into creating that moment where you're watching these athletes in that flow state but you're also seeing it in in a variety of different environments and sports and and then you're also tapping in it into it yourself with your own creativity and and creating the moment it just it must be this really cool blend of like watching someone in the flow state as well as like kind of being in the flow state yourself it's anyway it's super cool and yeah. that actually just verbally thinking about that makes so much more sense now when I look through your images and I'm just like, man, like Corey's obviously an amazing photographer. Like every image I think is just, you know, world-class, like just top oh, of the game. Man. But, it, but that must be, it is, it's this blend of like flow state as a creator and then a flow state and then watching someone else in their own flow state as well. It's super cool. That's right.
2: It has to be synchronized. That's kind of the key. I think there's a synchronization of it turns out, and, and I've never thought about this. If I've you know flipped through that book, and you know in that book there's a few images I would consider my great images, you know that, that I'm really proud of the really rare images, and then a, a lot of good images that made the book. But I would I would speculate that those images that are the truly great images in the book, that was the synchronization of we were both in a flow state at the same time, meaning the athlete was its peak performance in that moment present. And I was in that same space as a, as a creative. And when that, when it happens simultaneously, my get the the odds of being at that higher level of, of performance, higher Mm -hmm. level of content creation, I think that the odds are higher. And it is, it's a muscle memory thing. The more times you do it, right. The more often you're there, the more often you're in that space, allowing that opportunity to present itself. I think the more great pictures I make, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing that I always remind young photographers that ask me, you know, Corey, like what's the path to doing this? And so often they want to talk about their business plan and their website. And, and I, I always come back to this now, like, here's the, the secret sauce is go out every single day and shoot, like put yourself in that situation as often as possible. really i mean you're putting yourself in that situation to create muscle memory but also to get to that point where there's that synchronization of the subject you're shooting is in a flow state you're in a flow state and when that happens that's the magic but guess what you can't schedule that that's the catch like you can't just say hey on tuesday at 10 a.m nick can i meet you at the river and you know do something amazing and i'll be in like the right headspace, and we'll just and the light's going to be incredible it's it just takes repetition like it takes Go to the river a bunch of times to finally get that trick dialed. And it's, you know, I, I, as a visual content creator, I have to go to the river a bunch of times to both be in the right mental state where the light's right, and you've got to be in the right mental state. In the, and, and that's hard. Like that takes repetition. You can't just, you know, it's not every Tuesday at two o'clock that that happens.
1: I imagine that's too. Also, why you work a lot of the times with similar or the same athletes, in the sense because you know that you can synchronize well with that person, and and it goes back to the fact that you don't want to work with assholes. But um, but the idea that like once you start you know, that you can work well with someone, you know, kind of like how they might be like about to get into flow or like how they're going to just like assess and deal with the situation. It might be easier for you then to kind of line up on your end to kind of tap into the flow and have that synchronization moment.
2: I think it's like any relationship it's, you know, in the same way that you and Emily can communicate well because you've communicated for, you know, you've been married for 13 years and known each other. How long have you guys known each other now? Gosh,
1: uh, longer than 13 years. I, I'd, I'd, uh, I mean, we, we met the very first time, I think we were like eight or 10 or we met super wow. young. Um, yeah. And then, and then we've been friends since, I don't know, maybe I was like 13 or 14 and then, yeah. Yeah. So wow. a long time.
2: I mean, and, and I use that example of, you know, you guys are, you know, she's one of your oldest friends. Yeah. And now you're married, but it's like, you guys are expert communicators and you enjoy each other's company. And so I think that's the, that's the spirit of, you know, I work with the same athletes one, because they're just really good friends, great friends, like some of my best friends, but also because we're just good at communicating. We've spent yeah. a lot of time, you know, that's, that's part of that. Like it either, it, we did, it just works, you know, it's sort of, the, it, we, it work, we fit together in terms of the way we communicate And I think you're right. That's a, it it reduces the friction, uh, minimizes the friction in terms of getting to a place where you can both perform at a high level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's fun. You can appreciate when, you know, the, the more time you spend with friends, the more stories you have and the more experiences and the more kind of you can relate to in each other's lives. And, you know, that's outside of even making a picture performing at a high level. That's fun. You know, that that's, that's what life's all about is, is sharing those life experiences and telling those stories and, you know, checking in on one another. You know, one thing I find is, I don't know if you feel this way, Nick, it's just life. Once you have a kid, you're just busy. You know, it's
1: like, yeah,
2: less time. Like there's no, there's less idle time to just be hanging out. And so I find, you know, even some of my best friends, I just don't have as much time with them because, you know, they're busy with their families and their careers and, but I do find, you know, those friends that, that where we're close and I, you know, I, I feel like we're doing it here a bit. It's this idea that, you know, five years can pass, 10 years can pass, but you just pick up right where you left off. You know, yeah. the, the conversation just kicks right in where you left off. And it's it's as though no time was lost. It's a quick catch up. And, and I think that's it. That comes from, you know, shared values and you know, shared um, passion for adventure and shared passion for sport and, and storytelling, and that's you know that's what I'm craving every day is you know picking up those conversations where they left off and having new genuine adventures as often as possible.
1: That's amazing for sure, and and just I mean talking about sharing stories and and passion and all that kind of stuff. So we we mentioned it a little bit earlier about your book, uh, stories behind the images, but to me like flipping through it is just it really is awe inspiring because it's obviously a book filled with just incredible images but it's almost like i mean obviously you write the stories behind it but it's like a it's like a behind the scenes you know look into these kind of you know legendary photos and and you get to learn a lot more about you as the photographer but also just like the athletes themselves and kind of what might be going on to create that incredible moment. How did you kind of like, where did the idea come up for this almost like behind the scenes version of these awesome photos? Yeah,
2: I I think it was born out of just, I always say that if I weren't a photographer, I'd be a teacher. Like my dad was a school teacher. You know, I owe the introduction to climbing to two school teachers. Really. I, I owe my, you know, introduction to photography, to school teachers. And, sort of me evolving as a photographer to a few more school teachers and so you know teachers have played a huge part in my life I mean I think they're the um I mean they're some of the most amazing giving people on the planet I mean you know they're there for other people to help kids grow to help young shape young minds and I've just always loved the act of sharing I mean sort of you know, rolling up my sleeves and really explaining things to people and sharing my philosophy and like watching people excel and, and grow. And to this day, it's one of my favorite, you know, I, if I, I have, I'm a little more disciplined about it now. I used to, anytime I was invited to teach at a workshop, you know, my answer was yes. Like, I'm, and now I just have less time, you know, it goes back to like, I need to pay a mortgage, I have a, you know, a daughter and a wife and, I, and, and I want to stay healthy. And so I do less, one-on-one teaching where i go to workshops with a small group of people but i love doing it like i really love um watching people grow and light bulb go off in their head and you know just that evolution and so that that's really the spirit of the book i i you know over time you know i used to do a lot of workshops where it was small groups you know very personal and then i realized wait i just the economy of scale doesn't work here i only have so much time it's hard to go and you know, give a week to 10 people. Mm-hmm. And so then I started exploring like some of these online teaching scenarios where I teach a class for a week, but it reaches 25,000 people at once or, you know, over the life of the class. And that felt while it was less personal, it felt like I was actually having a greater effect on more people. Yep. And the book is a version of that, you know, so this book, this isn't the typical photo coffee table book. You know, I really want for it to be a hardcover book. I wanted it to be soft cover so you can read it like a magazine. You know, most, I don't think anyone has ever read a photo book in the history of the world, the hardcover oversight, (laughs) which you can't like, you can't even keep the pages open. So like, I don't even know why there's text in the book because it's almost impossible to read. I mean, I say that jokingly, but I wanted this to be a book that people actually read. It's less about the photos, more about the stories. And really the spirit of the book is paying it forward. It's sort of sharing anecdotal tales of both my successes and failures and what i did wrong but also kind of you know telling the stories of the incredible athletes and people that i've had a chance to work with over the years and you know it's sharing that's that's really what this book is about and i hope that it's entertaining i mean I, you know because if it's just you know clinical in terms of here process that's boring I, I, if i couldn't read it then it's not worth publishing you know it's like you've got to be entertained these essays are usually pretty self-deprecating because I've made a lot of mistakes. And, but that's the spirit. It's to pay it forward. And it's, you know, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I also want my daughter to get a sense of like who I was. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that, I think the book does a pretty good job of, you know, it's not sugarcoated. It's a pretty accurate representation of who I am, how I think. And, uh, and I hope that inspires you know, if one person picks up this book and it changes their life, like it opens doors for them, then this book was worth it. All the effort was worth it.
1: That's amazing. And first off, I, if anybody hasn't um, seen this book or read this book, I highly encourage everybody to go get a copy, uh, Stories Behind the Images. It's, it really is amazing. And I love the fact that it's like one just world-class photo and then it's just the full essay written like the story behind it where it's not it's it's not like all these photos mixed in between the text and stuff like that it's like no here's the photo and then here's the story and it, it is a really cool read and it is I don't know it just there is that depth there is that like behind the scenes uh truth that goes on with all the images and so I, I think you did a great job with it uh Corey and uh yeah I personally enjoyed it a ton and I highly encourage anybody else to uh, to go check it out as well Wow. Um thanks a ton. No worries. So you've kind of been obviously around the the photography scene for a while. You've, you know, probably started with with actual film. Um and then kind of oh, as I it it's
2: behind me are full of film. That's, yeah. you know, that's all the old slides, yeah.
1: That's cool. And then and then there's like the evolution into digital and then, you know, more video creation. And, and now kind of like social media and how that all kind of plays into it. How do you, I mean, I guess where do you see like the world of photography kind of going from here and, and obviously you've been adapting the whole way, like what's kind of next for you?
2: Well, I, th- I think we're living in like, you know, the, the golden age of communication. You know, when I grew up, you know, when I was emerging as a photographer and filmmaker, you know, magazines and newspapers, that, that was it. Like you tried to get your pictures in magazines and newspapers, which meant you had to go through some photo editor and a publisher and you hoped that your image made the cut and that, the, you know, they decided it was worthy of publication. And you were dependent on that publication to communicate with your audience at large. That, you know, magazines and newspapers are all but gone. Like they, they essentially don't exist. And today it's we as the content creators, Have control over our audiences. We control the delivery mechanisms. You know, social media has completely transformed communication and that's pretty exciting. I mean, what that means is that, you know, the power of Instagram, for example, you can, I mean, it still, you can, you can channel content to the audience that you want to channel content to. It comes down to though, having really great content. Like that's what hasn't changed it like that at the end all like the most important thing is great content gets attention. That was true at newspapers. That was true at magazines. If you shot the most amazing photograph or the best video, it got published. People noticed. And, and that same thing is true today with social media. You know, there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of mediocre content that gets published, but if you're consistently creating good or great content, People notice, and your audience grows, and you're, and it's the right audience because they care about that content, and that opens doors. If you have an audience, that opens doors to big commercial assignments, and it opens doors to really unique opportunities. So I think we've never been more empowered than today. I'm not saying it's easy. Nor was it easy to get published all the time in magazines or newspapers. It's you know the delivery mechanism have changed. But the power, like the keys are in our hands now as content creators. It's no longer, we're not relying on a publisher and, you know, that's five layers removed from us that you have to go through the intern to the picture editor, to the managing editor, to the publisher. That's done. That's a thing of the past. Now it's, it's your password and your Instagram account. And if you, if you feed that Instagram account enough and you have strategic alliances with brands and your audience grows. If I were an emerging photographer today or filmmaker, that's where my focus would be. My focus would be, I'm going to grow a huge audience on my social accounts. And that means I'm going to be out shooting every single day and creating better content than the, than you know, the other people out there trying to do it. And if you do that, you know, you're there's no question. The opportunities are huge. I mean, it's really, and never has the playing field been so level cameras are inexpensive editing tools or we can edit videos on our phones. You know, we can shoot on our phones. We can buy incredible mirrorless cameras for, you know, $1,500, sub $1,000. Just it's it's never been more accessible. You don't have to own a $50,000 cinema camera to shoot a video. You know, we can buy GoPros that mount on our helmets. We can, you know, the tools are out there. Now it's just what you do up here. It's how how you use your brain and how much heart you put into it. And you know, that the potential is unlimited. I mean, my God, we can, you buy a drone that allows you to create it. You know, the tools, we have all of the tools now and they're pretty affordable. You know, the price of entry is is lower than it has ever been before, but it's how much energy you're willing to put into it, how you hone your craft, how hard you're willing to work. And if you're willing to, you know, go all in and, and you have some raw talent, uh, you know, the future is unbelievable.
1: That's amazing. Corey, you have just uh, dropped so many nuggets of gold, as I like to say, and and knowledge bombs right there. So anybody out there that wants to be a photographer, just like rewind a couple minutes and listen to that all again, because Corey pretty much just like laid it all out there for you. Um, I also want to be cautious and and thankful for the time that i've got here with you corey so i'm going to move us on to the section and the last section of the show that i call our fire round and i'm just going to fire a couple quick questions at you um do you have a favorite quote that you live by
2: um you know i don't know where the quote came from but it's uh two one is it's like if you want to dance you've got to pay the piper that's pretty good you know it's, it's just yeah um, and then the, I think the quote that I probably, you know, remind myself of all the time that I really live by, Tom Frost, who is one of the pioneers of climbing. Tom Tom used to always say, "The definition of true adventure is where the outcome is uncertain," and it's that. and it's true, you know. I, and I always talk to Layla about that, my daughter. You know, and now let's go and have an adventure. And she says, "You know, what's adventure?" And I think she now she might not use that quote, but I think she could articulate what adventure is. It's when we don't know where the path goes or we don't know, you know, if it's going to keep on snowing on it, that, you know, real adventure is pretty healthy for you.
1: That is amazing. Um, do you have a favorite book or current book that you're reading or just anything that's kind of like inspired you along the way?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I am a, um, I consume a ton of biographies and autobiographies. I just love watching and reading about and learning about how, you know, amazing people think. And so usually it's whichever book I'm reading, but I'm, I'm a big audiobook guy. I'm listening to Obama's uh, book right now, which is pretty good. Really impressive. It's his autobiography written by him and read by him. Super fascinating, like interesting nuggets into what it means to be the president of the United States. Um, but yeah, just, I, I love biographies. I mean, it's pretty rare that I, I don't listen to a biography where I'm not just super inspired by one aspect of someone's life or another, and then take it and try to apply what I learned to myself.
1: That's amazing. That, that Obama's book is actually on my, on my book list, so I'm, I'm definitely going to have to, maybe I'll have to bump it up uh, coming in the new year and, and get that a little bit closer for either reading or throw it on the audiobook list. Um, Corey, if you could go back in time to any time in your life and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be?
2: Mm, what would that be? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, boy, I, I don't I don't know if there's I don't know what I would give my. I mean, I feel like I I'm kind of constantly checking in with myself and have been around around. I I'm, I'm constantly giving myself advice, like fine tuning what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's one bit of advice. let me just, if I reposition the question, if I met a young person and I just, and they give me the best advice and maybe someone gave me this advice, which is just do what you love as often as you can. I mean, that's, that's really, I feel like, I feel like that's advice that I, I have lived by and it's maybe the best piece of advice I could give someone who's young is, you know, cut out all the bullshit and just do the stuff that you love as often as you can. I love
1: that. I love that. Um, Corey, thank you so very much for joining us today. This has just been absolutely incredible. You have given us just a ton of value and obviously you have just years of knowledge and experience, uh, under your belt for anybody out there that wants to maybe connect with you or reach out. What might be the best way for someone uh, to reach out to you?
2: Sure. Probably the two best ways. Um, just Corey rich.com C O R E Y R I C H.com. That's my website. I think from that website, you can get to all my social handles, which tend to be Corey Rich or Corey Rich Productions on all the social platforms. And then if you're interested in the book, you can go, we have a little micro site called stories at just storiesbehindtheimages.com um, or, you can, or you can buy it on Amazon. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll say I'm always happy to answer questions. Um, frequently, I'm slow to get back to questions because I'm busy. But uh, there's a lot of information on my blog. If you go to coreyrich.com, there's a lot of back reading, and honestly, the book—you know—I put a ton of energy into trying to answer the most common questions I get in writing that book. So, uh, if you know folks are really interested in kind of the backstory or becoming a an evolved, you know, a photographer, filmmaker, adventure sports—how it works—buy the book first. I mean, and it's also on Audible, so um, it's—you uh, can also get stories behind the images. Uh, as an audiobook on Audible.com, but I'll warn you, I didn't read it, and uh, I'm not not a huge fan of of the read. But hey, it's if that's how you like to consume books, so be it.
1: Cool. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, definitely reach out on either social media. Check out his blog. Um, go to rich.com. and I highly encourage everybody to go uh, take a look at that book. It is just truly incredible. I bet it would also be good uh, as an audiobook, but. I think you're, you're definitely missing part of it if you don't get the visual part. So I, I would highly encourage you guys go on Amazon and, and buy this book because it really is incredible. Um, Corey, I also try to add value myself uh, within all these episodes. So what is maybe something that you are focusing on right now that maybe I could help you with or maybe one of our listeners uh, could help you out with as well?
2: Let's go on an expedition, Nick. Let's cook something up let's go when we, when we're all allowed to travel again and it's safe or or maybe it's even domestic and we drive, let's let's uh, let's spin up some rad adventure where the outcome is uncertain.
1: Let's do that. I love that. Let's go do something where the outcome is uncertain. Thanks so much, Corey. Uh, Last question, final question of the day for you. What is your definition of awesome?
2: Mm. You know, it's, it's being in the moment. It's getting into that flow state when it's, when you sort of when the it, I, I mean i kind of like when the snow is blowing in my face and i'm cold and a little scared and that camera's coming up to my eye and i'm making some pretty amazing pictures and i'm creating memories with a person that i care deeply about that's uh that's awesome
1: that truly is awesome Again, thank you so very much for your time, Corey. This has been truly incredible. I have gotten a ton of value personally. I honestly, I hope you guys as listeners also got a ton of value out of this as I've I truly believe Corey really just unfolded and laid out exactly a a whole blueprint to become uh, a professional photographer, to create amazing content, and to just enjoy and live your passion. So thank you so much for that. If you guys also got the value that I did out of this, I highly encourage you to share this out with someone that you think might need to hear it, whether it's just a friend, a family member, or again, throwing it up on your social media platforms. I highly encourage you guys to share it out as well as we're trying to build our community and collective together. I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you guys all an awesome day. Cheers.